you're listening to the Seven Transformations Podcast. For access to the latest content, including the show notes to this episode, stay connected at the7transformations.com. Create a life you love. Transformation is an ongoing journey, and it is good that we don't have to walk that path alone. My name is Tudor Alexander, and this is my weekly podcast sharing life lessons on and off the competitive floor with a few stories in between. Thank you for joining me on this journey. And now, let's create a life we love. All right, all right. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me. This is Tudor Alexander, and this is my show, The Seven Transformations. I'm here with one of my awesome friends, Fassel. Hey, hello, Fassel. Hi, everybody. So today we are talking again about creating a life you love, and I've got a very exciting conversation here with you. Fassel has an amazing life. Uh, we've been friends for a while now, and I decided to interview him because he's done it all. I mean, everything from entrepreneur to, uh, you know, efforts, you know, helping people across in other countries, you know, business, a lot of different perspectives that I think are extremely valuable. So thank you so much again for joining me today, Fassel. It's a pleasure to be here. So let's let's introduce you a little bit. Let's get him familiar with with your story. What what are you doing now, and what have you done? You know, let's say in the last couple of years, some of those things that I mentioned. Well, right now, Tudor, I'm involved in a couple of uh, ventures, and they're both very close to my heart. The um, one most recent one is Vibrant Healthcare. It's a healthcare organization that uh, my partner, Dr. Zaharian, and I co-founded last year. We just celebrated our one-year anniversary. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. And uh, we are based in Scottsdale, and we focus on regenerative medicine and mental health. And during the years prior to that, about three years ago, I got involved in a nonprofit organization in Jamaica called Reset Caribbean Foundation. And the purpose of that organization is to eradicate global poverty, lower unemployment, and crime in developing countries using entrepreneurship as the growth engine. That's amazing. That was right around when the, when did that Haiti hurricane happen? Was that the... It was just right after that. That was right oh, after yes. that, yeah. Yeah, I remember you were traveling a lot to those areas and, and doing a lot of good work. It was very exciting to see so many projects uh, come to life because ultimately I think that's what that's what really success is about. It's about giving back, you know, and creating opportunities for others. Uh, and and helping them in ways that maybe they wouldn't be able to help themselves. I think that's an important part of creating a life you love. So let's let's talk about this vibrant healthcare. I think that's that's a really interesting. We were having some very cool conversations off the air here uh, about regenerative medicine and energy healing and vibrational things. And a lot of these things, you know, we we hear them and they're like very woo woo. You know, they're very out there. But actually, th- there's a lot of science coming coming about. Uh, showing that these things are founded in, you know, in practicality and that there's something that they're relatable, accessible, and very effective. They are. They are. In fact, uh, when you look at um, energy psychology, there are 400 different types of psychology out there in practice. And energy psychology is in the top 10% of research and evidence-based support behind the things that are being done. So certainly from a scientific standpoint, it's uh, showing the efficacy of treatments and uh, 
there's a lot to be discovered. This is an exciting field that I am very thrilled to learn about. My experience of this has been also fairly new, so I'm a student of energy psychology as I am working with the other people in the company. Uh, my passion for this is growing, and I'm very excited about some of the things that we're doing, how they could be implemented, rolled out to essentially to make mental health support and treatments available to masses. And that's the part that excites me most about it. Um, there are a lot of people that struggle with conditions like depression, anxiety, PTSD, but unfortunately there has been less focus placed on the mental health than there has been on the physical side of health. And we are focused on bridging that gap and finding ways how some of these effective techniques could be brought over to a larger audience, make it available and affordable for them. That's that's really interesting because I was recently at a, uh, actually one of my students got me this ticket to go see Deepak Chopra at, mm -hmm. uh, at some uh, local center here. And he was presenting his book uh, it was like healing or, or something, you know, with healing. And But the, the takeaway, one of the takeaways, there was a lot that night, but one of the takeaways was this book was very much evidence-based and it was very much in the same realm of, of discussion as this. But he was talking about how medicine in general, we are moving towards more integrated approach because people are realizing that you can't treat something without it respect to the relationships of the things around it. You Absolutely. Know? So, it's a, it's definitely a growing field, and it's it's really pioneering the future to be seeing health as an integrative approach, mind, body, uh, spirit, whatever you want to believe, those kinds of things. So do you, you know, you're doing a lot of exciting things with your life right now. As a kid, was that something you were passionate about? Like, you know, like let's say with energy, psychology, or some of these things, uh, or business even like what was what was life as a kid was this something that you saw in your future or <laughs> was it more like you got to be a lawyer you got to be a doctor what do what was it like no absolutely not this was not the path that i thought i would be on so you know my background is business i've studied business and most of my career has been focused on uh, building businesses growing businesses uh, when i was growing up my dream was to become an officer in the military. Wow. Which was very, very different than very what different. I'm doing today. <laughs> so I grew up in Pakistan, and uh, I was very passionate about that. And my goal, you know, at that time as a kid was, I'm going to grow up to go in the military. And I used to, uh, to you know, study and train and do everything possible to be prepared for it. I remember waking up at 4 a.m., in the morning and riding my bicycle to a place 12 miles away from where we lived wow. to a military obstacle course to go and train there so I could be fit for the examinations that I will have to go through to be selected. Hmm. And that's the life that I knew. That's what I wanted. Didn't think of anything else. And uh, then my dream got shattered. And I think at that time, what I consider to be my biggest failure led to opening the door to the path that I am on. Hmm. So it was a completely reinventing what I wanted to do, have a new path, and I found a passion for something else that has been tremendous. And I 
now look back and can't imagine doing it. What else. happened, if you don't mind me asking, like what happened that shattered that direction for you? Yeah, so you know, I was very committed to going in that direction, and the way it works um, with the selection process is you have academic exams, you have physical fitness exam, and you have the psychological exams, and they take you to a place where you're there for five five days, and they're pretty much evaluating you. 24-7, you're going through all these exams, and I passed all of the you know, physical academic testing, and on the psychological testing, um, the results came back that I tend to be somebody who asks too many questions. and <laughs> Too inquisitive? <laughs> too inquisitive, <laughs> trying to figure out why we do things a certain way. Um, and so they figured you were going to be too rebellious, yeah, not when, obedient enough. Yeah, when you look at how militaries work, it's a very set system. Yeah. You, you follow the orders, you do things in a very specific way, and they're very effective at that. Right. But someone who is going to ask a question or try to re-engineer a process is not going to fit well mm. in that. So to me, that was a a big setback. And the, the challenge with that is if you fa- if you fail the physical or if you fail the academic side you could probably go and redo it right on the psychological <laughs> side your mind is not going to change right so to me it, it was actually a very dark time for me i was hmm. uh, you know a teenager and that was my dream that's all i wanted to be yeah your purpose totally yeah, shattered completely shattered <laughs> and uh, i had uh, some time of soul searching and then uh, hmm. i actually got advice from someone who said if you're not good at one thing because of how your mind works you're probably very good at something else hmm. you have to find what that is seeing the opportunity seeing the opportunity hmm. so then i started to think about what is a field where questioning the status quo un- understanding why we do things a certain way would be considered valuable hmm. and business was the field that uh, things like that a mindset like that could be an asset hmm. That's that's really cool. You pretty much turned around something that had initially become a, an obstacle into an opportunity, and that's I think a, a key to often. I often I've just released an episode um, on independence and creating, basically, seeing the resources. Failure is a resource. You know, oftentimes we we get stuck at failure and we we stop acting or we turn around and when we can look at failure as a resource rather than the meaning of the failure. Mm-hmm. It can really act as an action potential for, some, for something else. So, well, what did your relationships think in your circle, like your family, your friends, when when this happened, or let's say even maybe down the road when you started getting into philanthropic activities, when you opened this center, you know, obviously whenever we're creating you know, something uh, different, mm-hmm. you know, than the norm. There is always a response either direction, either positive or negative. Sure. So what what were the relationships in your life, the close ones? What was the reaction there? Well, when I was growing up, my parents' desire for me was to be a doctor. Um, and that was very much in line with how the culture was. Yeah. You either become a doctor or you're, you're an engineer. <laughs> and the other paths of... Uh, career were not that not uh, legitimate. advisable. Yeah. So their desire was for me to go to medical school. I did not want to go to medical school. I had to fight hard for them to agree that I would go in the military. So when I was rejected, um, 
there was it was kind of a bittersweet thing for them. Hmm. My mom, I felt, was happy because she thought that I would have a longer, safer life hmm. as a result of that. Um, but then when I decided that I wanted to study business, and at that time in Pakistan, there weren't really any good business schools. A career in business was not really considered something that you could go to school for. So I started to talk about I want to go outside the country where I have the business education available. Um, both my mom and dad were supportive, and my dad even more so than my mom. Hmm. Um, my parents placed a very high value in education. Education, And yeah. then the other part, seeing that I will actually bounce back from a major setback hmm. was a motivating factor for them to support me and to allow me to move on to the next chapter. Hmm. So um, I think I'm, I'm blessed to have that support at that point in my life when I was reinventing myself and trying to figure yeah, out where to go. Yeah, that is very important. Yeah. Well, and you had, I think a lot of times this was interesting to me because Sometimes with, let's say, different career paths, let's some, you know, obviously your parents are going to want something for you, you do something else. A lot of times there is, support, you know, no support towards that direction. Um, and in this case, even though, let's say, what you were doing wasn't in alignment with what they wanted for you, you were still pursuing the same value that you both had, which is education. Right. You know, so that was, I think, really interesting because sometimes... In certain career paths, we pursue, obviously, something different than what our parents want, but also the values behind that decision are maybe very different from our parents, and then there's no supports, which is even more challenging. So that was very fortunate uh, that, that you had that. Were there any times when you can think of in this path that you've been on where, you know, like there's there's a big break, I call it, every time when, when we're off in these endeavors, there is a little bit of luck involved, or let's say you meet that one person, or gosh, you know, like there's this one little moment that I can think back to that that kind of, you know, flipped the switch to change the fortune of the situation. Was there anything like that in your current situation with vibrant healthcare, maybe, uh, or with, I don't know, with business in general, this life path that you've been on that you can think of, oh man, you know, when I did that, that's when, or when I met that person, whatever. Correct, correct. So, uh, it's it's a very good question. I think there's been a number of breaks that I've had in my life that have allowed me to reach my uh, goals and objectives. One of them that I can think of is when I first graduated college from Arizona State, um, I was looking for a job. And um, as a foreign student on a what's called practical training, you have just about 12 months to find a job. And if you're not hired by a company that wants to sponsor your visa going forward, you have to go back to your home country. Oh, wow. So it's it definitely a, a high, high pressure. It is. It is. Um, and then at that time, I met a gentleman, Bill Keffler. He came to Arizona State University to do on-campus interviews. And I wanted the job that he had and uh, that he was offering. And um, I showed him how much I wanted it. I tried to put all of my effort and energy into it. But at the same time, he had to look at multiple candidates and decide who he's going to offer that position. Um, a lot of times, you know, I, I personally don't believe in a self-made man or a self-made woman. Hmm. I think um, the 
successes that we have in life, we owe it to not only the people around us, but the luck and the opportunity at times that's made available to us. It's very true. Um, I look at the kids that grew up with me in Pakistan that didn't have the opportunity to come to the U.S. Some of them were smarter than me. Some of them were more committed, more dedicated. Mm. But coming here provided me a platform that wasn't available to them. So yes, you have to work hard. Yes, you have to do all of the things that are necessary to reach a certain Baseline, level of success. Yeah, yeah. But you need a platform to jump off of. Yeah. And to me, when I met Bill on ASU campus and he decided to offer me a job after three months of me trying to pursue him to hire me, that was a break. Hmm. Um, at that time, me not having that could mean heading back to Pakistan yeah. and trying to... Alternate life path. Yeah, again. alternate yeah. life path. So those are the things that I'm very appreciative of and I value and I understand that they've played a role in me getting where I am. And there's been people in the following years throughout my career who've made these impacts or have had created these opportunities. Without them, I would not have been able to accomplish the things that I wanted to accomplish. Hmm. And one of the things that happened as a result of these experiences, I personally became very passionate about creating opportunities for others that have the desire to accomplish things in their lives. Hmm. I think we, especially in the Western cultures, we place a lot of importance on the individual. And sometimes we look at developing countries or people who are not doing well and we may think, well, maybe they're lazy, they're not doing what it takes, they don't have the discipline. But we have to understand that without having a platform that puts people into an equal playing field, a lot of people are at a disadvantage. Yeah. And as a society, as a, as a global community, we owe it to the people who, are not, who, who, who have the skills, who have the talents, who have the ability to give them that springboard to jump off of. Hmm. And later on in my career and the work that I've done with nonprofit organizations has led me to be very passionate about creating those opportunities for others. That's cool. It reminds me, actually, when you were talking just now, just this last part about platforms in different countries, it reminded me of this video I saw on Facebook. Um, must have been like a year or two ago on it was a social experiment on exactly that. And it was a race. It was really interesting. The people had got, gotten together this large crowd of 100 people in a park. And, and the guy was like, okay, you know, we're going to do this race. And everybody was like psyched for this race. And I don't remember what, there was a prize at the end. I think it was like, you know, $1,000 or something. It was some monetary compensation. So obviously everybody came to run. And then what they didn't know was that in the beginning, they said, okay, you know, I'm going to read a couple things. And if this, if you fall into this, you know, uh, take a step forward. Sure. So, you know, obviously this was basically the the way that, societies stratified you know so they basically went through a lot of these different things like okay you have you know no prison background or whatever you know like different categories so by the end it was a visual representation of the difference between that whole thing and having that platform having that opportunity despite your inherent skills or abilities or training or things like that you know so um it was a really interesting social yes. experiment but it's so true you know your platform your those big breaks, you know, having, you know, people as resources, you know, people are everything. You can't kill any, you can't kill the mammoth alone. You, you need a team. So it's really interesting. We've talked a lot about that off air too. 
the value of cooperation in creating whatever you want. Well, you know, the next part of this is obviously, you know, the, there's the side of the luck and the cooperation. There's also the sacrifices that you had to make, obviously, you know, with any kind of creating opportunity, you you have to invest. There's a phase of, of creation where you put a lot of your time and energy and you, you are doing something extraordinary. So by definition, that is extra. Mm-hmm. So there is a sacrifice that has to balance that out. So what are some of the sacrifices that uh, you had to make and maybe even currently that you have to make to, to live the life you are living? I think sacrifices um, have to be made at all all points in your life when you're trying to create something big and special. So when I look at my life, earlier parts of me coming to the U.S., going to college, uh, a sacrifice at that time was not being able to enjoy the typical college life because I had to work while I was going to school, so I maybe up all night working and in the morning I'm going to my classes and finding Burning very your little, candle at both ends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very little sleep at times and missing out on all of the fun things that people remember about their college. I remember my goal was can I cut out one semester by taking a lot of classes because it's going to cost more money. <laughs> and so I went through college with that type of mindset, but at the same time it gave me the understanding of um, what it takes to, you know, do the hard work, put in the time, and that helped me a lot as I got into my professional career. Um, that discipline, that desire to put in the time and effort now, so you yeah, can build have your habits. It. Absolutely, um, and then it continues on. I remember when we got involved in building Reset Caribbean Foundation in Jamaica, the nonprofit organization I was telling you about that's focused on reducing poverty and unemployment. Um, My partner in Jamaica, Colette Campbell, and I would be on the road for days on end in in an island where there's no infrastructure. We would leave early in the morning. We wouldn't be home till midnight and long, tiring days. And when we come back, then sometimes we're pulling all-nighters trying to develop proposals and, and website content. So it was a lot of work that went into it to build a foundation. Mm. And I think every time you take on something that's big, that's valuable, that you're trying to create, you have to be prepared to put in the, the time and the energy and the effort that's necessary so, so you can reap those rewards down the road. Yeah, get past that initial barrier of, of just resistance from the outside world. Absolutely, period. absolutely. And, and the necessary level of failure and mistakes that are bound to be inherent in mm-hmm. the project itself before Correct. you really learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, what was a, can you share maybe a specific challenging memory, maybe recently or or you know, in the process that, you know, was very, you know, you shared about when your uh, psychology exam got back from from military and how that changed. Was there a challenging memory in the work that you've done with the center with, you know, your philanthropic activities that, you know, really challenged you? And how did you get back to motivation? How did you get back to a state of love and well-being? Mm -hmm. What were some of the ways that you recovered from that? So I think the most recent one was in 2016. Um, We were 
building this entrepreneurship program in Jamaica where we would find the entrepreneurs who had the um, ability to build these small businesses that could help their communities create jobs. And we had done months and months of work with them. And the next step after we coached them and trained them and got their businesses ready to go to the next level was to go to the local financial systems, the banks and the credit unions and the other organizations that had the financial ability to support these businesses. Uh, none of them were coming through. So we were butting our head against this brick wall where we have everything ready, we have legitimate businesses, we have people who are ready to take the next steps and so much work has gone into it. Um, it was people, we had volunteers from 11 different countries working wow. on this project. So it was devastating to see the banks just dragging their feet and not coming to a decision and just not caring. Just much. not caring. Um, and part of the challenge was the way Jamaica was set up and is set up. And a lot of developing countries have the challenges. Their local infrastructure does not support the small to medium sized businesses. Mm. They're more focused on working with multinationals where there's more security. And the, you know, the average entrepreneur is left out there trying to figure things out on their own. It's like a self-defeating cycle because it really the, the small businesses are mm -hmm. what create a vibrant economy. Absolutely. And, and the pulse of the, the feelings. So. Absolutely. So the way we came over that is this is, again, a failure or I wouldn't call it a failure, but a major obstacle in our way that we had to overcome. We ended up creating a small venture capital company, going out and seeking funding and funding those businesses ourselves. Mm, wow. um, I had never That's thought cool. that I would one day be putting in place a venture capital fund. Hmm. But then the motivation to get these businesses forward was so strong that we were willing to do whatever it took. And uh, that was a successful step in getting the foundation going because now these businesses had something they could go through the first round of funding and then eventually as they grew bigger, they could tap into the local financial system. That's amazing. So again, you're taking something that was a failure and created an opportunity about it. That's a recurring theme. Yeah. I think the, the key thing, uh, point here is you have to understand why you're doing something. Yeah. When your reason is strong enough, you find a way. Yeah. We did not want all of this work to go to waste. We did not want this dream to not go anywhere. We did not want these entrepreneurs to be hopeless and not be able to progress in life. So that created such a strong motivation to go out and do this. Without that, we wouldn't be able to not only come up with an idea or pull the resources together necessary to make it work. It's very true, you know, and I think it comes back to this constant battle between the circumstances and what we want. You know, there, there's always this, you know, polarity between the two and how much, like you said, how much you believe in your why and your reason for doing something is going to determine how far you go because the circumstances are always there you know finances physics whatever you know and they're going to be pushing on you harder and harder depending how high you want to go so your reason for doing it and seeing that ideal vision that future is going to be what determines 
how far you push past those inherent resistances. That is correct. Well, do you have, what is your recurring obstacle right now? Like, let's say with your current life right now, snapshot, what is a, or let's say the biggest recurring obstacle and how do you recover from it? How do you accommodate for it in what you do? I think it has to do more for me on the personal side. Mm. So I love what I do. And there is a challenge that comes with it, which is separating work from personal and social life. Mm. And when I'm in the middle of these creative works or projects, a lot of time I lose sight of the fact that I'm not as engaged with people around me socially. And um, that can be a challenge. And the way I have learned to do that is I make people around me aware of it. And I tell them that this is my tendency. And when you start to see me do that, please pull me out. <laughs> <laughs> Throw you and, a line. <laughs> yeah, and they're actually very good at doing that. Sometimes I go to the office and I'm told, you know what? You need to go home and go do something else. Go for a motorcycle ride today. <laughs> go take a walk. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, at, at least to acknowledge, hey, you know, I know where where this is going to be happening and let me and you reach out for support right i think that that's a because we can't see sometimes our our own mechanisms you know our own issues so having having a useful network and support system around you to help you Mm -hmm. accommodate for those recurring obstacles i think is very important it really is do you have any strategies useful strategies that you use on a regular day like with yourself to keep your performance going to be creative with your team with your partners um, any useful strategies that come to mind i think our success in life and business depends a lot on not what we choose to do but what we choose not to do Hmm. so over the years i've had to overcome the desire to want to do everything And now I'm getting um, more comfortable with doing fewer things, but doing them well. Hmm. And it's the age-old 80-20 rule. Most of the things that we do don't really make as big of an impact towards our success, our goals, our objectives. So being able to sit down and find out what are the two or three things that are most important that will make the biggest impact and then saying no to other things is um, the one of the skills that I've had to learn the hard way hmm. by burning myself out at times, by being too busy. And uh, it's there's just a, a lot of uh, empowerment that comes from being able to say, these are the two things I'm going to do and I'm going to make sure that they're done absolutely well because they're the most critical and everything else can either wait or not get done. Yeah, I think we, especially if you are creating a lot, you kind of go through this phase where I find also with myself too and anybody else that I know that's very creative. Uh, and creative, again, just kind of for everybody listening, creative doesn't mean artistic. When I, when I use the word creative, it's your ability to see the relationships between things. You know, So that applies to business, that applies to uh, anything. So anybody who is really utilizing their creative mind, it's it's hard not to see a lot of different options all the time, you know, right. and you're seeing this, oh, let me try this, and let me try that. And at some point, 
you get overwhelmed. You know, that's the natural, you know, outcome of this. And you have to go back to, okay, let me write everything down on a piece of paper. What's going on in my life? What projects am I doing? And why am I doing those things? What is the reason for it? Because you'll have different reasons for everything. And some reasons are more important than others. And at some point, you do come to that point in your life where you have to prune your life of things that just aren't really that significant. So, you know, you do that with relationships, with projects, with mm -hmm. everything. So I think it's a constant work in progress. That's a, it's a good, good advice. Well, for people who are getting into business and, and basically looking to get into business from all kinds of avenues, whether it's entrepreneurial or they're just starting in school, what advice do you have for them? I think the uh, network of people around us plays a critical role in our success. In the earlier parts of my career, I was very focused on how can I do all of these things. I also wanted to improve my weaknesses. So I had a list of my strengths and my weaknesses, and my goal was how do I get better at the, at the stuff that I don't do well. And then uh, what I've learned is that uh, we should focus on our strengths but manage our weaknesses. If we are trying to spend a lot of time and energy to improve in an area that doesn't come naturally to us or takes a lot of effort for us to do, it ends up becoming an unhappy life because you're struggling with something that's really not your key strength. Hmm. So find out what it is that you're very good at and what are the things that you're not so good at. And then surround yourself with people who complement you in those areas that you're not very good at. And those complementary relationships become very powerful teams and create the results that we just cannot create on our own. Hmm. Uh, business is a, it's the success, regardless of what line of business you, you are in, depends on teamwork. Who you choose to work with, what relationships you have with them, are you calling on them for help? Are they supporting you? All of those things have a significant impact on success. So my advice to anyone who is wanting to be involved in business in any shape or form is first understand your key talents and strengths. And then instead of trying to you know, really spend a lot of time on the things that are just not your areas of strength, align yourself with people that are around you that, who can help you with that. Um, they could be business partners, they could be mentors, they could be life partners, they could be friends. You've got to have people around you who are pushing you, who Enhance are supporting the vibration. you, who are enhancing you. Um, and that's what really creates that synergy that's needed to build successful mm. life and successful businesses. Very true. Well, what's uh, any upcoming things that you're excited about? Like, you know, let's say other areas that you're creating things like a big trip or uh, maybe a charity fundraiser or anything that you are excited about in your life besides uh, the center that you are currently working in? Well, so when we started the program in Jamaica, one of the, the Jamaica tents, it, it turned out to be you know the, a very fertile ground for a pilot of this program where we could um, build something that could be taken from there and implemented into other countries. So we're at it, you know, we're, going into our third year of working with it. I'm really looking forward to 
taking the lessons that we have learned and the program that we have and implementing it into other developing countries. Perhaps we'll go to Haiti next. Uh, one of my goals is to take it to Pakistan, my home country. Nice, yeah. Um, so I would love to see that happen in the in the near future. Um, some personal travel I would love to, uh, um, you know, I, I, I go to, uh, I've been going to Spain for last two years. This will be my third year. There's an nice. event that I go there it's a running of the bulls. I was going to say the running. Yeah. So very excited about that. Do you that. run? Are you running? I do. Oh I do. my yes. gosh. <laughs> I would not have the uh, courage yeah, to do that. That is it's, a thrill. It's a big adrenaline rush and nothing <laughs> that I've experienced is like that. Wow. And then the, the fun part is you meet people from all around the world. They yeah. come year after year after year. So you make great friends. Um, so, and then, you know, I've, um, received multiple messages from my mom that it's been long enough. I need to come home and visit. Yeah, so sure. Towards the end of the year, I'll take it. How trip. long has it been since you've been It's to been Pakistan? over two years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. It's tough. You know, when you have your parents away from you like that, it's, it is difficult. Yeah. I'm lucky mine are pretty close by, even though sometimes it drives me nuts. It's, right. it's, a, yeah. it's a very, it's a blessing to have them close. Well, what's the biggest thing you're grateful for right now? The relationships with people that are around me. It's my support network. Um, I came to the U.S. by myself, first person from my family, had no one here that I knew, and I had to start a new life. And what became most valuable to me were the friendships that I made. And I've had friends for you know that have been with me for more than half of my life. They know me. They understand me. They know my challenges. And at times of need, I can draw on that network, and that's what grounds me. So a very, very valuable asset to me. And without that, it, it'll be very difficult for me to go on and do the things that I've done and the ones that I want to do. So I'm very thankful, very uh, uh, blessed to have those relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Well, any final words of wisdom for people listening? Anything that comes to your mind? Um, I think for me, what's what's uh, changed me over the years in terms of how I look at um, what I want to do and what I want to focus on has been um, understanding where fulfillment comes from. Hmm. So in the earlier parts of my career, I was very focused on accomplishing things. So it was the the next pay raise, the next promotion, the next car, the next house. And what I realized that you get a sense of accomplishment every time you reach that goal. And then it lasts for a while and then it goes away. And then you find a bigger goal. And that process continues on. A lot of times when I was setting those goals, they were focused on me, what I wanted, what I needed, what would mm -hmm. make me happy. And then somewhere around 2015 or so, I saw a major shift, um, and this was through a you know a seminar that I was attending, and the person that was leading it, he asked the question, "What is fulfillment? How do you define it? What motivates you?" And trying to find the answer to that question, I came to realize that fulfillment, if it has to last, your reason for why you do things has to be bigger than yourself. Hmm. So I made a conscious decision at that point that the things that I will do will have a greater objective, whether it is environmental, it is social, or it is tied to some other thing that speaks to me. 
And what I've noticed is doing that has made me a lot more effective and a lot more powerful because my reason for doing that is stronger. Mm. And when you reach a milestone, the fulfillment for that lasts a lot longer uh, and it's not tied to what I can get. Uh, of course, we all want success in the process and it has to be part of it. But if you can make your reason, your objective, your goal bigger than yourself, you have a lot more power, a lot more resources, a lot more energy available to you. So I would encourage people to look at really why why they are doing something that they're doing and does it have a bigger meaning and purpose to them. Yeah, it's the age-old paradox that we live in. We get more when we give. Absolutely. But it is true. So, Well, thank you so much, my friend, for sharing your amazing life, your lessons. You know, you are an inspiration. So uh, where can they learn more about Vibrant Healthcare or any other of those projects maybe that uh, if they're willing to support or they're curious about joining, where can they find some information? Yeah, so uh, if you're interested in learning about the economic development work we're doing in Jamaica through Reset Caribbean Foundation, the uh, website is resetcaribfoundation.org. And if you are curious about the work we're doing in the healthcare field, that is vibranthealthcare.org. And then you can also reach me on LinkedIn and Facebook. All right. How do you spell your name? It's Fasal, spelled F-A-I-S-A-L. And the last name is Navid, N-A-V-E-E-D. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, my friend. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you. All right, guys, you've heard it. So thank you again for listening to the show. I hope this episode has contributed to your life. Uh, Check us out on the website. We are posting show notes as well as their new Patreon account. If that's something of interest to you, if you like the show, if it contributes to your life, we now have a, a way for you to support it as well and create new and exciting stuff in the future. I'm looking to do some merchandise, obviously some new programs, uh, all kinds of things. So anyway, keep in the loop with that through the website. Thank you again so much, and we'll see you guys on the flip side. You're listening to the 7 Transformations Podcast with your host, Tudor Alexander. For weekly articles on creating a life you love, stay connected at the